Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. And this episode of the podcast, Drew Dinkmeyer and I are continuing our series of fantasy football uh, drafts in the Draft Best Ball Championship, where we go through picks one through eighteen, walking through uh, you know some strategy, some process, all all that good stuff. Drew, where are you drafting this time? Drafting out of the A spot, which is the spot that I feel like I get most frequently in these drafts, which is one of the reasons I have a lot of Travis Kelsey exposure. Uh, I, I actually organized all my drafts over the weekend. I now have uh, 82 in the books in this $25 draft. 72 of the 82 have a stack associated with them, and 36 of the 82 are double stacked. Like both quarterbacks have a stack. That's pretty good. The, the, just there's, there's few things in fantasy that feels better than getting that double stack. That double stack, you just feel like I, I planned, I executed. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's so good. So my idea was with getting kind of all that data organized was to start, you know, trying to tactically make some stacks. And one of the things that I think is happening as well is I feel like ADP is starting to get more and more efficient. So there's a little bit more value now to me creating lineups that are based off of like reaching reaching for ADP to make stacks instead of like just soaking up value because there's less value to be had than there was like three weeks ago. Um, so that was one of the reasons I tried to get myself kind of organized over the weekend to try to specifically start targeting stacks that I might not have as much ownership to. I mean, that makes sense. And some of it's like, so as you mentioned to me earlier, uh, some of that's just kind of happening for you already because everyone is overreacting to uh, two drives of the Cardinals punting. It could be one of the most hilarious things of all time. Like the Cardinals come out, they win four games, but they run 85 plays per game and everyone talked themselves off because Kyler Murray got a false start in the preseason. Um, all right. So how do you want to start this draft? Uh, Zeke has gone and Adams went at six. So we're going to, we're going to have our choice of Hopkins, Kelsey, or any of the top flight wide receivers. Um, Hopkins went. So Kelsey or the other top flight wide receivers. Who do you want to take? I, yeah. I mean, myself here, I'm taking Kelsey or Odell. Those are the, those are the, I mean, my, my, my favorite start to drafts is Odell and Juju back to back. So we'll take, we'll take Kelsey in this one. The, the reason that I don't mind, so I end up with a lot of Kelsey. I feel like there's a huge uh, roster advantage to only having to take two tight ends. And so that's one of the reasons I will take Kelsey, even though, and I think our, our daily word model rankings have him more as like an early second round guy. Um, but there's not a huge gap between him and all these wide receivers. And then I kind of just see who falls to me, but I like taking Kelsey because what sometimes happens not at eight as much as like 10 or 11. Sometimes Tyreek Hill comes back and then you're like, okay, now I've got this stack set up very easily. Uh, that's not going to be the case here. You can also do it with Damian Williams though. Um, we're four picks away. And this is where I start praying that somebody takes Gurley or Cook or Connor. So I get a reasonable play in the second, in the, at the 2.5. Is Juju still there? No, he just went. So now, now this is this is my hell. Uh, James Conner, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Mike Evans are the top guys on the board. I have like one share of James Conner and one share of uh, Dalvin Cook in this whole thing. 
I, uh, I, I am starting to gravitate myself more towards Connor. Connor played every snap with okay. the first team offense in their, in the first preseason game where all the starters played. Okay. So we'll, we'll take Connor uh, at 2.5. I'm fine with that, but that's where I get stuck in that weird spot where it feels a little bit early to grab Mike Evans. Like ideally I'd want that a, a pick or two later. And I have so much Damian Williams already that there's no need for me to keep taking him in the middle of the second round. Right. Um, so getting a little bit of Connor, but I'm going to be way underweight. A lot of these second round running backs, uh, for the most part going into this, uh, this tournament. I mean, yeah, if you were going to choose a place to be underweight, you'd rather be overweight. The wide receivers, there, underweight, the running backs. And you also like, as far as the third round, you like, if, if I just ended up in this thing, zero Marlon Mack, zero Leonard Fournette, uh, just all those guys, I, I'd be fine with it. Like that's where, that's where I am. I have stronger preferences. Um, like I'm playing kind of a more concentrated portfolio on the whole. I have a lot of guys that are 25 plus percent in terms of my ownership and I have no Leonard Fournette. I have no Marlon Mack. I see paths to those guys, but I have more like Aaron Jones. And then as we were talking before, I'm starting to build a pretty healthy position on Melvin Gordon in this third round, fourth round where he's falling to. Um, and for me, that's a risk I'm willing to take because I feel like he's being, you know, held back two to three rounds of value. And with a tournament that's very top heavy and you're playing for the top prize, I'm happy to take those risks. Yeah, I, I would, I would generally agree with all of that. And I think, I mean, I guess if you wanted to counter argument what you and I are saying though you would say you have to run so hot to win this thing anyways. You should probably be going into like just these hyper-fragile, not even diversified, just these hyper-fragile guys like Marlon Mack or Leonard Fournette who are only league-winning guys 3% of the time. But that league-winning season from Leonard Fournette is like 411 touches, 2,200 yards, and like 15 touchdowns just because they would – like there's definitely a scenario where they just give him the ball every snap. Yeah, I think the challenge is between this and D- in, in a DFS contest, right? Is, yeah. that, is that in a DFS contest, um, not everyone is represented in, in the same capacity. So, like, everybody in this draft contest is going to be owned the same amount, generally. All these, yeah. like, top running back guys. I mean, yeah, they'll all be 100% owned. So, right, so it's different than a daily fantasy contest where they're not all owned equally. Yeah. So for me, I, I ha- there's more leverage that I have to take in my ownership as opposed to playing the ownership of the field because there is no ownership of the field. Yeah, that is interesting because we do we do talk about we do talk about ownership like it, um, you know, like people talk about ownership in this the same way it is in DFS, and it, you're more looking at combinations, I I yeah. would say, than anything so, else. So we're two picks away at three point eight. Um, this is something that's been happening a lot, and I think it's correlated to the Andrew Luck concerns, but T.Y. Hilton keeps hanging around. Um, we're on deck. T.Y. Hilton, Aaron Jones, Amari Cooper, Melvin Gordon, Patrick Mahomes are the top guys on the list. Um, I think your guy is, is Amari, right? That's who you end up taking most frequently? Yes, but uh, I will say I am starting to get uh, a little skittish about this heel thing. How, so how do you, how would you compare Amari to T.Y. Hilton? Because he's the most comparable wide receiver here. I would myself, I think at this point, I'm probably drafting Amari because I just don't, this luck thing could go so far yeah. south. So T.Y. went, do we want Amari, Melvin Gordon, Aaron Jones, or Mahomes to start that Mahomes-Kelsey stack? I'd rather, I always rather wait to see if Mahomes comes back and forth. Yeah, I, I would rather go Cooper 
and then Cooper as our wide receiver one here. Yeah, and then you can then you can try and set up if we do if Mahomes does come back, then we set up the double stack. We can get Dak later. Yeah, and I also allow myself a possible good price tag on Melvin Gordon. Like I have I have twenty percent Melvin Gordon now, so like I'm now trying to wait to see if he lasts into four to see yeah. if I can get the perfect price tag on Melvin Gordon because I have enough in the position already, and that's kind of what I do with these things as like I get further out and I have really high positions on guys I then make sure that I'm getting them at the best price that I've had if I'm going to keep adding them to my portfolio otherwise I I start diversifying a little bit yeah I I mean I think I think all of that you know more or less more or less makes sense I I how much are you thinking about diversifying while you're while you're doing this are you trying to like are do you if you see someone like like Derek Henry's there in the fifth for example would you take him even though even in the fifth round we have him as a bad value have him I have one share of Derrick Henry and it's at 5.7 it's in a 125 actually um my 125 teams are weird because the the competition there is a little bit uh tighter so you get some different values one thing that I've been noticing a lot is Chris Carson's been inching up into early four late three territory he went 4.1 in this uh we're on deck and we're getting either Melvin Gordon or Chris Godwin they've both fallen Godwin Um, so I mean if you would take Godwin ahead of Melvin Gordon uh, if in a situation and you and I are similar in this, we both already have a lot and they're both, they're both there. Yeah. You got to take, I have a lot more Gordon than I have Godwin. Yeah. And you are, you're underweight Godwin. So you should, you should okay. uh, not look the gift horse in the mouth. Okay. I'm taking some Godwin then. Godwin um, is really frustrating to me because he was a guy that I was getting a bunch before they even opened the best ball championship and before they opened the five. So I have him in a bunch of cash game teams, which is like fine, but like, no, that's actually tilting. Like it's tilting to know that his upside season probably means he's not on any of my 25 teams. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough with these guys when, so like when you were asking, do I, how do I think about diversification? One thing that came to mind as I was kind of logging all these teams that I have in draft uh, into some spreadsheets over the week. So Melvin goes at 4.8 to a team with Zeke. Um, so Zeke, Melvin Gordon, carry on Johnson, Keenan Allen is their start. That's a lot of running back value. If, if those guys report, um, I was logging on my teams. And one thing that I did notice is my player, some of my player selections go in waves because I am thinking about my exposure. So like I've been taking a little bit more Calvin Ridley of late because he kind of projects similarly to the Godwin, not the Godwin DJ Moore, but like right below those guys, the, uh, the I'm trying to think who else is in that range, the Tyler Boyd, the um, Mike Williams. And I have a lot more of those other guys. So of late, I've been choosing Calvin Ridley a little bit more to start to inch Same. that up. Yeah. Um, and so like, there's things like that that I do. And so I do, when I'm drafting these, I do keep my exposures up in front of me. So I have an idea of, okay, you know, if there's a tiebreaker to, to be had, take it. Um, essentially it really it really pains me to do but I just drafted so much DJ Moore for a while there that I've had to every like you know one out of every four drafts just don't okay don't take DJ Moore here back off take Calvin Ridley take Tyler Boyd you know just whoever because you know I don't I don't want to be maxed out on DJ Moore yeah, I can understand that. And I'm trying to do some of that as well. I'm trying to get some of these guys that I have in the 40s down into the 30 range. And then, I'll, and then you know, maybe those guys that I had in the 5 to 10, maybe in the 10 to 15. And I can start to smooth some, some ownerships out. Um, 
in general. But it's it's interesting as, as these drafts go. DJ Moore just went at five point two in this one, so I won't. He have goes that. he goes five point two to five point five every draft now. It seems. Yeah, um, it's 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 interesting. At, but it, the natural kind of ADP diversification that you get because I, as I was saying earlier today in our Slack chat. You know, the last week or so, I've seen Lamar Jackson consistently going in round nine. Mm-hmm. I was getting him consistently late 10 to early 12. Yeah, like round 11. You can just get him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, and so I just had tons of them. Uh, we're on deck next. Uh, Cooper, or we're on the clock. Cooper Cup, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Boyd, all there. Uh, do you have any strong preferences here? I think the projections like Cup slightly. My ownerships on these guys are uh, – I bet you're low on Boyd relative to our projection because he projected bad for a while. I am. So you want me to take Boyd? Yeah, I'm starting to be. I'm starting to be quite pro Boyd these days. Okay. So uh, Boyd is also a different bye week than the other two guys at wide receiver, so that's helpful too. Perfect. But yes, I am looking at my um, ownerships. I have 13% Cooper Cup. Um, Ridley, I've got up to like 11, per- uh, 12% now, and then Boyd, yeah, I was at 3%. So yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, that's kind of a natural spot there. Then in the sixth round, one of the guys that I was noticing earlier today that I'm a little bit light on in terms of my ownership relative to our projections, which actually like him a decent bit is Robbie Anderson, partly because I've been taking so much Sammy Watkins and uh, and Curtis Samuel and and Corey Davis and those guys. Um, so in in this next turn, um, Robbie Anderson might be a target, um, instead of like Christian, I have a lot of Christian Kirk too. Um, and Will Fuller. Those are the guys that I'm like heavier on. And so starting to try to balance out some of those ownerships as well for, for myself, which obviously, you know, for those of you that are listening and you're only going to draft like 10 teams or whatever, draft the guys that you think are the best in those 10 teams. Uh, a lot of these conversations that we're having today about, you know, being thoughtful about your overall ownership in, in portfolio is more about the fact that I'm, I'm trying to draft 100 to 150. Yeah, like that. I mean, that's a, and that's a huge difference. Like, and I I've noticed actually, like I've had a hard, like I've been on a couple fantasy podcasts over the last week, and I've had to like make clear distinct, like because they like a, a very common thing on a fantasy show is for them to be like, okay, would you draft Josh Gordon ahead of X? And I'm like, yeah. well, I would this percentage of the time, but in this percentage of the time, I wouldn't. And it's, you know, and, and it is, there's a very big difference in between thinking about, okay, how do I want to manage 300 fantasy teams across all these different formats versus how do I want things to go in my one 12 team league? Right. Exactly. Um, Josh Gordon's a good conversation because I, I did just take Alan Robinson in the, uh, in the sixth. He's another guy that I'm a little bit light on. Uh, that I don't mind getting exposure to. He's also a different bye week than the first four, uh, three receivers. So like I've built up really good bye week diversification now. Um, but this is around the time now we start talking about Josh Gordon and, and how we're handling him. Um, I know you you came out when the news broke, got the projection uh, updated, and had him you know low twenties in terms of the wide receiver. Which in terms of like a ranking uh, by round, that kind of correlates for a twelve team league to somewhere around the fifth round or so in terms of fair value. Um, I believe that when other people have been able to get these guys at really deep discounts, you should make sure that you're drafting them at at least some, some semblance of a discount. So for me, I'm not taking Josh Gordon before the seventh right now, um, because I want to get at least like a two round discount in, um, but I'm still open to taking him. I'm not, I'm not saying, Hey, you know, everybody else got six, seven, eight rounds of value on me. I'm not going to have any, any of them. 
Yeah. I mean, I, and I think that that, you know, I, I think that's the right way to approach the situation. My, my thing with Gordon is he's sort of interesting because he's pr- likely not going to be part of a stack. You're probably not going to draft Tom Brady and you're probably not going to draft, like you wouldn't want to really draft um, like Gordon and Edelman. Cause I think unlike other offenses, like how many times are the Patriots going to score five offensive touchdowns in 2019? You know, I just, I just like, I think that the, the, their outcomes are just a little bit different and I'm having such a hard time forecasting them without Gronkowski anyways, that like, I, I kind of just want to leave drafts with max one Patriots. So this is interesting because, you know, early seven here, my, my targets kind of got eliminated quickly from me because um, the quarterbacks haven't really gone yet. So Eckler, who I don't mind taking in seven, but he just rarely gets there now. Yeah. So he went, uh, Curtis Samuel, Sammy Watkins went. So I'm, I'm sitting there three picks away, two picks away now with Josh Gordon in like his competition is Corey Davis, Marcus Valdez, Scantling. Like this is where I take Josh Gordon. Yeah. Right. I mean, for me. Yeah. So yeah, big we'll, time. we'll take Josh Gordon there um, at 7.8. Um, he also fits nicely into my bi-week diversification, five different wide receivers with five different bi-weeks, um, which is a nice, nice occurrence that randomly kind of happens. Um, we only have one running back through seven rounds now, which is not an unusual occurrence for the way that we recommend drafting for these um, kind of high upside teams, which is a little bit more zero or, or hybrid zero running back. I mean, it's the best. Is there anything best than a good – there's nothing better than a good hybrid zero RB draft. What will be great is if in four picks, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is there, and then we have six receivers with six different bye weeks. We don't, we'll almost hit the bye week lottery, and then we can just start hammering running backs. There are the so many good zero RB running backs this year. It's like I can't even keep up with, like, you know, the offseason started, and, and Ito Smith was our guy, and then Justice Hill was our guy, and then now we have uh, Tony Pollard. We have uh, Matt Breida. We have Malcolm Brown. We have Mike Davis. We have Kalen Balazs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's just like – it's just like I don't even want to draft a running back until round nine because there are just so many guys I'd rather take than boring losers like Lamar Miller, you know? <laughs> It's like why would you take why would you take Lamar Miller when you can just take Darwin Thompson who might not even see the field until week eight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have I have uh, thankfully I built that Darwin Thompson position very early so I have like thirty percent Darwin Thompson but it's almost all with around seventeen or later tag. Yeah, MVS uh, lasted to us. So. Wow, snag easy. So uh, and Corey Davis was there too. I often take in round eight as well, but I have tons and tons of Corey Davis. So that's like an easy diversification opportunity for me. Um, so six wide receivers through eight rounds, one running back, James Conner and a t- tight end, the Travis Kelsey anchor round nine. Now in round nine in this setup, are you, are you hoping your boy Kyler falls, even though we have no Kyler correlation or are I, you- I mean, also, I mean, you can draft a running quarterback without the correlation and feel like fine about it. Certainly can, but is that what you're hoping these days? Or are you starting to look at the running backs here with like Lodge, Brita, Duke Johnson? Because those guys are starting to they're starting to go creep up yeah. in the nine. In the nine, yeah. uh, I'm good. I'm I would be. I'm very. I'm starting to think about. Lodge just went eight nine. Yeah, I'm starting to think about Brita here. Okay. We are. We finally. I think we finally are going to reach the flippening with Kenyon Drake and Belage. Now, where Belage from like this point forward, his ADP is going to be higher than Kenyon Drake's over the next two months or whatever, or t- two weeks. 
Yeah, that will be interesting to see if that does if that does end up happening. Um, certainly, there's been just a lot of preseason momentum in training camp momentum on Kalen Balaj in his favor, and then Kenyon Drake having the injury that's going to push his timetable back potentially uh, through the first few games of the season. Kyler Murray won 8.11 here, or 8.11 for those that prefer that method of. Oh, but for those who prefer the correct method. <laughs> so Kyler did not get to nine. I've been having some Kyler in nine and occasionally Kyler in 10 of late. Uh, it's drafts. amazing. Two drives in the preseason, Drew. I mean, the one it's, Lamar, the, the one the Lamar Jackson yard touchdown run shot him up like two rounds. The human brain is just such an amazing thing. Like it's the, 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 our brains are so desperate for, confirmation bias that that just like such small things like that can shift i mean we're like we're laughing but like these this is this is thousands of dollars changing hands that people are allowing like for real a false start penalty to to change their minds about it's crazy yeah it's uh i mean it's it's just you know it's the way we we all react with things and i'm just as guilty of this too i know that there was like a i would see in my drafts there was like a, a one week period where i was drafting like a decent bit of like Matt Lacoste because it was like, Oh, this Josh Gordon thing's not going to happen. And like my last round pick, I need a tight end. And like on some of these Kelsey teams and like, that doesn't look so, so hot now. So it's, I mean, it's just, it's, it's. Was that, did, were you doing that before they traded for Michael Roberts or Eric Sober? Yeah, that was, that was, pretty, that was, that was three tight end signings ago. Exactly. Exactly. So it doesn't look so hot now. Um, Corey Davis, 9.3. That seems like a, a good price for him. Were uh, Jameis just went at nine five? I was kind of thinking of him, since we have Godwin and I'm a little bit underweight Jameis. Um, but this is actually setting up pretty decently for late round quarterback targets for this team because we have Cooper, Allen Robinson, Tyler Boyd, uh, Josh Gordon. So like it's it's easier to stack some of the to wait on the quarterback and, and stack a little bit. Um, the top of the board we're on deck. The top of the board is Carson Wentz, Sterling Shepard, Cortland Sutton. Jordan Howard, Breeze, Goff, Moncrief, Samuels, Lamar Jackson, um, Duke Johnson. So this is where the Brita, Duke Johnson, as you're running back to, you know, possibly comes in here unless you're taking a quarterback, basically. I like Brita so much more than I like Duke Johnson. I yeah. think maybe I missed it with Duke Johnson. There's just like something that people in the world believe or feel about Duke Johnson that just doesn't, it doesn't feel that way to me. We did just grab Brita at uh, 9.8. I think the Duke Johnson thing, you know, everybody was so excited because they just wanted to see him go somewhere. I think one of the things that's been kind of overlooked is he hasn't been healthy this training camp either. And not that it's a huge deal, but I think you want a guy that's getting into a new system to have as many reps as possible. Yeah, you want him to, like, uh, know the plays. Yeah, he just went at 9.10. We're up in five picks here. So in, in round 10, I think we would probably take the quarterback. Yeah, we need a QB. Yeah. Um, so Wentz is still there. Goff is still there. Lamar, then Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger. It is interesting to see how much Lamar's ADP has jumped because he's actually like jumped in the order on, on draft guys that he was going, that he was ordered behind before. Um, two picks away and the quarterbacks still haven't gone. So we have a lot of options here. Uh, we have no, no, nobody that we would stack from this group unless we went Dak a little bit earlier. Darwin Thompson just went 10.3. Yeah, buddy. This is, uh, this is something. So I, 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 I would say – So do I get my first Dak. Wentz? Year? No, we uh, take Dak. You take Dak now? 
Yeah, we I we've all we we've we've done enough talk about maximizing ADPs. You want to have a DAC okay. Amari stack. I mean, I have tons of DAC Amari stacks. Where I have DAC, I usually have Amari or Gallup. Should I go DAC or should I go Wentz or Lamar? Mm, all are good. I'll, I don't care. You make the choice. I'm taking my first Carson Wentz share. I have none. I have a D, I, I have I'm up to like 13, 14% on DAC. As Lamar has risen, DAC has been the guy falling to me now. So I'm still kind of hopeful that maybe... Which is crazy because the Dallas offense just like absolutely... Like they came out and they were on their own three-yard line and just marched down the field. They were playing against the Rams backups like... But everyone... So it was like, okay, Pollard smash, Gallup deep target, Jason Witten looks fine, Randall looks... Like it just... It's just like, I don't understand what people... I I just don't get people sometimes. Psychology is, you know, it's tough. Yeah. Um, So I think there's a chance Dak can come back to us at 11. We'll see. Tony Pollard at 10.9. I, people, you guys just told me my ranking was dumb in our chat, and I'm like, no, it's not dumb. You're going to have to take him where I'm ranking him to get him. Uh, so 10.9 would be the 117th pick, and you have him ranked like 100 now? I moved him back a couple spots. I, mean, I think I moved okay. him 104. Okay, so yeah, so I mean, still around later than where you have them, but yeah. So just so just while we were just while you and I were on doing this show, like five minutes ago, Schefter just tweeted Ezekiel Elliott was not amused by Saturday's Zeke who quip from Jerry Jones and thought it was disrespectful, according to Elliott's agent. I didn't think it was funny, and neither did Zeke. We actually thought it was disrespectful. Uh, Zeke's agent told Mort the Mort Report. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't want these reports. I need Zeke playing because I don't. I'm. I don't have boatloads of Tony Pollard late. I have enough Tony Pollard late, but I don't have boatloads. I got boatloads. I got boatloads of Gordon late. Boatloads of Pollard late, and uh, boatloads of Malcolm Brown late. So if those, just need those, all three of those things to concurrently hit. Mine are the uh, Darwin Thompson, Malcolm Brown. I have just so much. I have, but I also have a lot of Damian Williams because I was just playing it early in draft season where like I'll take Damian Williams late round two, um, or I'll take uh, Darwin Thompson in 17 or 18 and just, you know, punt on Carlos Hyde, have no Carlos Hyde, and hope that the KC running back, know that the KC running back position is going to be a fantasy valuable one, and I'm just going to have cracks at it one way or the other. Well, Carlos Hyde Hyde is uh, straight up not making the team. If it's Carlos Hyde, I'm going into retirement. But as long as it's not Carlos Hyde, I should be fine. If it's Daryl Williams, that would be really bad too. It would be funny. Uh, it would be funny if it was Daryl Williams, though, at least. I mean, the, the, the tilt level on the people who took Damian Williams and then seeing D. Williams scores touchdown and it being the wrong D. Williams. They, they, actually, they actually have him abbreviated D.A. Williams on stuff, though. So da- Damian is D. Williams. No, it doesn't, <laughs> but it, it makes it more funny. It makes it more funny that it's D.A. Williams. Um, so we are one pick away, and I've got good news for you. Lamar's still there? No, but Dak is. So we oh, got nice. Dak. Oh, easy, easy. He better not have misspoke. Better not be too soon. No, we got him. We got him. So we've got a Dak Wentz pairing at quarterback. Wow. You um, do love to see it. So, so yeah, Dak at 11.8. This is what I've been eating up. My Lamar Jackson ownership has just transitioned right to Dak. You uh, do. You do love to see it. Gallup already went, so there's not going to be a double stack unless we're taking, like, Jason Witten. Um but we're now set up quarterbacks filled out tight ends basically filled out because we have Kelsey. So we're just, you know, we're using some late round tight end. 
We have six wide receivers, so we're in pretty good shape there. So it's time to pound some running backs, basically. I mean, you could uh, you could just uh, you could just get Jason Witten in the 18th round. I could for that double stack, uh, but you you know exactly what I'm going to do in round 12. Here is what I always do in round 12. I don't even know. Take Kenny Justice Stills? Hill. Take Justice Hill. Oh yeah. Well, easy I'm game. Always, I mean, I'm always taking Justice Hill. I mean, I might in three picks if he if he lasts, I might have a conversation with Peyton Barber since uh, since you know. I don't have any Peyton Barber, and I have over 50% Justice Hill. But in general, this is this is around. He's it, Justice Hill's ADP has not skyrocketed in the preseason where everyone else's has. It's interesting to me. Well, Justice Hill, you used to be able to get him at the. It is skyrocketed relative to where he was going. I mean, you can still get him in 12 and occasionally 13. I yeah, was but he used like, to be like 15, 16. So that was before the tournament opened, though. Like I was no, getting... that was still at the beginning of the tournament. Okay, I was getting him at fourteen. All right, so we're there, and Peyton Barber's there, Justice Hill's there. Um, I have so much Justice. Yeah, you Hill should take me. Peyton Barber for diversity's sake. The only reason I'm not going to. Um, so we have we have three running backs now, six wide receivers, a tight end, and, and our two quarterbacks through twelve rounds. But yeah, so pretty good. It's all coming together. 55% Justice Hill. How much Peyton Barber? I have 8% Peyton Barber. Um, Drewby will not be proud. Justice Hill went right after the Peyton Barber selection. And, so then that, Jordan, and then Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard round 12 is actually like that, that ADP seems to be correcting in the right direction. Yeah, but it's just like who wants to actually click on that name, you know? I mean, dude, last year I took um, – I had like a pretty big overweight position of LeGarrette Blunt in like round 14 or 15. And it was a worse situation than Jordan Howard. Like 12 is fine. The problem was when Jordan Howard was going 9, 10. Um, I think 12 is fine. Because you just – those guys fall into touchdowns. They're going to – in any, any week you fall into a touchdown, you're a usable running back in half PPR in best ball. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can score touchdowns, yeah. Because just because it lends itself to spiked weeks as well. Right, right. You know who is another another great zero running back? God, they just fall. They are they're just are falling off of trees. Uh, C.J. Anderson, amazing zero running back. Well, Kansas. he's now one of those guys that you have to take that like is there late that when no one else is there. Yeah, I take C.J. Anderson like, a lot now. I don't. I actually don't have very much of him. He, he and um, the other guy that you had mentioned, who he got a huge ADP spike in terms of like. I thought he'd go from going undrafted to like 17, 18, but he's gone from like undrafted to like 15, 16 is Ty Montgomery. Yeah. uh, I see. So like, I think like CJ Anderson, Malcolm Brown, I think those guys are way better than, than Ty Montgomery. Yeah. Like this, this Ty Montgomery is a thing where like Silva, Silva sent that tweet out, right? Silva sent that tweet out and he's like, Silva, Silva does move ADP hard, man. Yeah. Hard. The Miles Sanders thing, I feel like that's all Evan Silva. I yeah, feel like so he, Silva's moved Miles Sanders four rounds in ADP. Yeah, so he sends he sends out that tweet, and it's just like, okay, I guess we're doing this now, you know? <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know. Is, is, is Ty Montgomery ever going to be someone different than what he was? I, I No, yeah. probably not. So five picks away here. Round 13 is where, like, now it used to be running back haven for me. Now it's, like, Madison, 
Ito, Chase Edmonds, who I was able to get a little bit later before because all those other guys have been shot up as well. Um, and then Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, Golden Tate just went. Um, those types of guys. Who do you who do you want to take here? Or you could take your tight end too. Trey Burton and Dallas Goddard's there. Goddard would give us a natural stack. But I have I'm like not, I'm I have not much interested. Is is Greg Olson still there? Olson is, but with a with a with a Kelsey team, I'd rather take Olson at like perfect ADP. Yeah, I mean so Olson is just I'm leaning. I'm leaning towards uh, Alexander Madison at thirteen point eight. Yeah, uh, I mean, he pretty clearly is locked into number two work. He played with the starters um, in the, their first and their second preseason game, and then Mike Boone, the third string running back, got twenty one carries in the preseason game uh, against uh, against the Seahawks. Isn't Mike Boone like good? Uh, I mean, you just have been reading uh, NFL chat too much. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought some I thought some people on Twitter were like, "Oh, Mike Boone, if he like was in a different organization, would have gotten a better opportunity by now." I mean, certainly I would not say he's a bad player. I'm like, I have a huge Dalvin Cook fade on because I have almost no Dalvin Cook and I have so much Madison now. Um, My Madison exposure is creeping up towards 25% now. Yeah, I mean, that's a good position to take. If you're short Dalvin Cook, you should be long Alexander Madison because uh, that team is going to run a lot. That's going to be a position with, you know, like big time market shares. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see if uh, we'll... We'll see how that works out, but that one—that is one where I'm—I'm I'm very, very leveraged, um, and I'm a little bit nervous because Dalvin Cook's got a really good skill set. Like he can—he can pass catch, he can do all the things. He just has not been able to stay healthy uh, at the NFL level so far. He did have one incredibly workhorse season. I think it was junior year at Florida State before he got drafted. He is bigly unathletic. He's like, he's like, like, uh, I mean, not that you can't succeed and be like, you know, not a top athlete at running back, but he is sort of similar to like the, the top end comps would be like Arian Foster, Kareem Hunt, yada, yada. But it's not like, he's not a dude who's going to spark his way to success. And that, and I yeah. think, I think there's a big correlation between low spark scores and high injury rates. Like you look at these, I think if you look at a lot of these guys who are, you know, always have these soft tissue injuries and stuff, they're dudes who like ran 4.6540s and had horrible jumping scores. Hmm. That's just, um, a, that's just the theoretical take. At 14.5, we're taking a Dolphins receiver du jour because both of them are there. And He's, I have so much Kenny Stills that I'm taking Devontae Parker. Is Darwin gone? Yeah, Darwin went in round 10. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. The human brain. This yeah. is basically a psychology podcast. I mean, I, that is one thing that schooling actually equipped me to do. So I'm glad I'm finally putting my psychological and brain sciences degree to work. That's what you're, that, I thought you had a finance degree. Oh God, no, no. I worked in finance, but I didn't have I know. a finance degree. I just assumed you got some sort of, oh, I went to Dartmouth and I got a degree That's- uh, no, you just show up and you say, I, I went to Dartmouth and they just hand you jobs. That's how this works. It's true. You don't need the, you don't need the special T degree. Chase Edmonds goes at 14.7. So that's a guy, that's a guy who is just in all of the zero RB hype. Cause there hasn't been one specific story about him. He's kind of just forgotten, but he's, he is a stone great zero RB guy. He is my fifth highest owned running back. Yeah. Cause, cause his price. So uh, Brita, Pollard, Darwin, Malcolm Brown. Yeah, they all have gotten, you know, more expensive. Justice Hill, more expensive. But 
Edmonds ADP has been between 170 and 175 for like two months now. Yeah. Um, all right, we're nine picks away, so I don't think it's going to happen. But uh, Goddard is still sitting there. In late 15, I would consider him. Uh, Kenny Stills just went 14.11 or 14.11. It, that, that ADP hasn't moved all, all year. Jack Toyle just went. Uh, Ito is a possible target at 15.8. I probably, I, like at this point, personally, I'm starting to di- diversify off of it because I just got so much. I mean, I don't even know where to go. Mike Davis, C.J. Anderson? Right, but I have – C.J. Anderson I don't have much of, but I have a ton of Mike Davis too. Naheem Hines is still hanging around. Yeah, because he's he, – <laughs> the, the Colts, like, facsimile first-team offense played. Naheem Hines had one snap out of 15, and he got ran off tackle. And, like, you know, just things are not encouraging for him. Again, again, people let people let two series of offense be like, oh, we don't want Naheem Hines now. That's not great. Um, I might take my preferred tight end two then this round. Mike Gesicki. No, I, <laughs> I I told you I got I I got on that Gesicki kick early in the season. I still have enough. I have like ten percent. I'm 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 okay there. Uh, the guy I'd like to build more of a position to, but he has been going higher than I've wanted, is Darren Waller uh yeah and i mean i don't know there there was a weird thing where his adp kept going up despite having a shoulder sprain so he um he's there and tyler eifert's there i could get either one with the next one since we have boyd on this team i'd probably take waller um as my tight end too and then i would we'll probably close this out with three straight running backs um ty montgomery just went so to take Waller, Silva, man, Silva is just—he is just driving nails. Incredible. He's incredible, and and the the amazing thing to me about Evan is there's no nuance to the take. Like, I tweet out that I think Miles Sanders is a good player, and I think he can be a good fantasy asset, but I think he's a poor risk reward opportunity in round five. And Evan's just like, well, he keeps crushing the preseason. Which then I like looked up the preseason stats, and I was like. He has eight carries for 34 yards. Like, what, what are we talking about here? Yeah, but you got to watch how he does it, dude. Okay. So, I clearly have missed that boat. But the point to me is, like, I don't understand how there isn't a price that, that triggers you. That, like, maybe I'm just a snowflake that gets triggered by price tags. But I don't understand how there's not a price that it's like, okay, that's too much. Like, if Miles Sanders breaks off a 60-yard run, we take him in round two now? Like, like what, what, where, do, where, where is too far? And that's, that's the thing about like, because Silva doesn't back down the take, the, the hype machine just keeps going. It just keeps on trucking. And right why past. wouldn't it, you know? Yeah. Why would why it? Not? It has no reason to. Why not? So here we are three picks away. Uh, Gio Bernard, CJ Anderson, Chris Thompson, Malcolm Brown, and Mike Davis are all still there. Who is your pick of that litter? Uh, I mean, Malcolm Brown is the one who I think is the likeliest to be on the team that wins the million dollars. He is my second highest owned running back. I mean, at this, at this point, why would he not be? Yeah. And you know what? The Rams think they're being so sneaky about this. They really do. Like, they really think no one is caught up, like, picked up on the fact that he's not playing in the preseason. So we are taking Malcolm Brown. Yeah. What if he gets cut? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I'm telling you, the, that, that, would, that would decimate my best ball season. Just like, you know, thankfully, Kenny Stills met with Stephen Ross, and he didn't get cut. 
So I feel like my Kenny Stills exposure is still okay for right now. I'm still dreading waking up, opening Twitter, and seeing Sammy Sammy Watkins' foot soreness. That would also just I mean, I'm just letting you know you need to prepare yourself for that. Like, oh, I know it's going to happen at some point. I just want to, I want to get through like six weeks of the season before it happens. Yeah, well, fair I enough. Want to, I want to build the equity in early. Um, yeah. Because then I can just convince myself that, oh, maybe he'll last all season when he clearly won't. Right, yeah. I, 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 okay. So at this point, I'm hoping maybe he misses a little bit of time at the start of the season and then comes back healthy just so that McCole Hardman can replace like whatever other rotational guy they have and they just use McCole Hardman as the third wide receiver instead of Demarcus Robinson. It sounds like Hardman has made such an impression in camp that there are going to be subsets of packages of plays that are somewhat designed for him. Well, Brett, so Brett Veach, the GM for the Chiefs, came on the broadcast on Saturday during their game and was like, look, everything we did this offseason was about trying to get fast players. We drafted Juan Thornhill at safety because he's super fast. We drafted Hardman because he's fast. We drafted Thompson because he's fast. And all of that to me makes sense with how the Mahomes plays because – uh, you know, he's so good outside of the pocket and he's yeah. so good in like innovating that like what you actually want more than like technicians is you just want dudes who are going to just be able to get into space and Hardman can get into space. I don't know if he knows how to play wide receiver, but he can run in a straight line super good. Well, they just, they do so much stuff with misdirection that the moment you as like a defensive player are leaning in slightly the wrong direction and the ball is going in the other direction, whether it's, you know, those, um, those like wide receiver end arounds or whether it's like pitch plays or screen plays or whatever, like that's where the speed just crushes you. And they get the ball in the hands of these guys on relatively easy, you know, catches. They did that with Tyree kill mm-hmm. uh, early on. So I imagine that the combination of Tyree kill and Nicole Hardman and their ability to misdirect, that's going to be a nightmare for opposing linebackers and safeties trying to follow the ball essentially when those two guys are kind of crossing and it's going to one of them and you don't know which one and you're already two steps behind. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. That big time agree. Like I, I just think, I think there are so many directions this chief's offense can go where McCall Hardman and Darwin Thompson are valuable players. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that Damian Williams or Tyreek, whatever, or Sammy even would have to get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess the – I think the best-case scenario for me would be an offense that spread – well, the best-case scenario for me would be something happening to Tyreek Hill where he's not playing football because that that would just get all those guys on the field. I'm not on Hardman nearly as much because I wasn't drafting as early with the Tyreek Hill news, and then he got kind of stuck in a weird spot for me where I just wasn't taking a lot of them. Um, so I maybe have like maybe like 8 to 10%, but I'm huge on Watkins and Kelsey and Damian. Um, so I'm just banking on, like, I kind of want a Chiefs player on every team I draft, ideally, if I can. Um, yeah, why would, yeah, of course. All right, so we're on deck. Both CJ Anderson and Mike Davis are there, but they're the last two before, like, it's really, really ugly. Um, I have 24% Mike Davis, and I have, like, no CJ Anderson. So you're suggesting I take CJ Anderson. Yeah, you should, start, you should start hammering him. Okay. You know who I've been picking up a little bit of late because all the running backs are gone in round 17 or 18 is Jalen Richard. Yeah, I, I, I think there are so many good zero running back candidates that I just would rather only have six running backs than take him, honestly. Like, I'd rather stretch my pool at wide receiver to start taking guys I don't have 
any of like Jake Kumaro or something like someone who I for real have 0% of then take him. Interesting. Like I, uh, I think what, he's what, fine. What about like Dontrell Hilliard, Raquel Armstead, those guys. Hilliard and Armstead are the two guys who are, who are legitimately free that I think are plays like that. I think are fine. I, I probably I had a decent bit of Armstead when I was, mixing in Malcolm Brown and Darwin Thompson. Like those guys were the guys I was taking early. And then I cut off the Armstead and started focusing highly on Darwin Thompson and Malcolm Brown, which I feel good about, but I probably have like eight to 10% Armstead because of that. Yeah. Which is, I, which I think is fine. But he's like going to, he's, he's going to open the season. I assume as running back three. He just won 17.12. Well, uh, I think maybe, but all the Jaguars running backs have been abysmal. In the preseason, one of, one of their guys who was fighting for the number two job had six carries for minus two yards in their preseason game. Okay, so we're two picks away. Uh, Mike Davis went, Rex Burkhead went. So we're looking at like Gus Edwards, Dexter Williams, Alfred Morris, Dontrez, uh, Dontrell Hilliard, or an eighth wide receiver. The eighth wide receiver options are like Higgins, Anunua, Trey Quinn, who I have a decent bit of, Foster, DJ Shark, those types. I feel like this roster would benefit from the eighth, the seventh running back because it's like Connor and then like Brita Barber, but that seventh running back would be Hilliard here. Do you like Hilliard or do you like like more Trey Quinn? Uh, this team feels pretty good. Feels pretty solid. Feels like we could just take the weekly, you know, six to eleven points. Trey Quinn. Yeah. Okay. So this team wrapped up with. Uh, Quarterback, Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz. Uh, so this is going to be one of the teams that I have just a single stack on, not a, not a double stack. Uh, Dak stacked with Amari. Um, running back is James Conner, Peyton Barber, Matt Breida, C.J. Anderson, Alexander Madison, and Malcolm Brown. Wide receiver is Cooper, Godwin, Boyd, Allen Robinson, Josh Gordon, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Devontae Parker, Trey Quinn, and tight end is Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. Pretty solid team. Pretty solid team. Definitely better than, uh, you know, double drafting buys or whatever. Yeah, we avoided that. So I feel really good about just in general avoiding the double drafting of the buys. Um, but yeah, so we, we managed to make no big mistakes. Not a super heavy correlated team. I think the A spot is kind of a tough one to predetermine a specific stack that you're trying to get to. Um, I yeah. think the, the stacks that you're trying to predetermine now are also a little bit harder because ADP is getting pushed up on everybody. So I feel like if you have an earlier draft spot, it's a little bit easier. Or if you have a turn spot where you know you can take two picks kind of back-to-back. Um, but Dakamari as a single stack is fine. I have a lot yeah, of Dakamari. That's, that's one of the – That's one. Of, I think that's like the, the biggest thing about picking on the turn is you can – it's much easier to line your stacks up. Yeah. And you and you draft weird teams like if dra- like you're getting unique teams drafting on the turn because uh, you generally you are reaching on someone and generally you are grabbing someone that the rest of your draft passed on for whatever reason. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that's gonna do it. Another another episode of the draft best ball championship with uh, with Team Dink and Dunk. People don't even know. We uh we're we are quite successful in the uh, in these endeavors, at least this season. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping obviously that I mean the, there have been no results to be had. We cannot declare ourselves successful just yet. We have some sick dynasty teams. We do, but we inherited one. <laughs> yeah, but the other one the other one we drafted is amazing. It is. But that was with, you know, all the Leone's Buffalo boys and we kind of took advantage of them on the trade market. Well, 
that's, you know, that's what we do. We spot, we spot market inefficiencies. So that's going to do it. Everyone, please make sure to head over to rotoexperts.com with the NFL 365 package. We have, uh, you know, pretty much at this point, daily updated projections, rankings, uh, premium content. I'm putting out all sorts of like, like uh, the, basically the premium content that's coming out right now is straight up like stuff that you should be using in your draft. Uh, you know, all of them that are happening right now. And, uh, you know, also come in. We're we're talking a lot of theory and uh, player values in the Roto Experts and Daily Roto Slack as well. And uh, we will be back soon.